G'day everyone and welcome to another edition of Wrestling All-Style on SoundCloud, Spotify and Podbean with Mr. Alex Freddy williams and myself, Mr. Chris Funderhog. Alex, how are you? I'm doing very well. Um, full disclosure, this is the latest we've done a recording, not only in the aspect of probably the longest amount of time between releases, but the latest time that we've actually gotten together and record a podcast. I don't think we've done one this late before. Um, so, so it'll be interesting. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if I can, uh, if I can survive going, going the distance this late at night, but I'm usually, uh, in bed at eight o'clock kind of guy <laughs> yeah yeah it's a bit bit of a, a night owl episode um yeah last week we had a, a few things pop up suddenly and then this week with um living in different states and alex being on a border town of two states uh the borders sort of closed down for you yeah yeah luckily for me i don't have to travel into new south wales that much but Unfortunately for my partner, yeah, she's she's had had to endure a bit of rough time getting across the border, but things are starting to ease up a bit, so that's good. Like apparently, it's st- slowly starting to get easier to get across. It's not as much of a traffic hold up anymore, which will be good. Make it seem a little little more normal for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Well, she took over an hour the other day to get, uh, yesterday to get across the border. Yeah, what's that? Um, Normally, like a ten, fifteen minute drive. Yeah, yeah. She usually gets to work within ten minutes. So, yeah. Jeez, yeah, that is quite bad. Now that you put it like that. Um. Yeah. But as much as we'd but, like to talk about border closures, <laughs> we're sort of here to yeah. talk about the uh, month of March in Australian wrestling. Yeah, doesn't that feel like a lifetime ago? Yeah, back (laughs) back in a simpler time before the close down of everything. Back when uh, me being a Victorian didn't sound like a such a bad thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Um, so we've got a few different events to cover. Would you like to just get stuck into it? Yeah, let's get into it. Full disclosure, humans, I've got to remember that's our new branding. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of this stuff I, I watched quite a while ago and because of life getting in the way, uh, we've had to delay this episode probably half a dozen times. So, so yeah, it's going to hopefully our everything starts to trigger my memory and I can remember what I watched here, but yeah, it'll be good. Yeah. The first event was March 6th, the Impact Pro Wrestling New Zealand Fight TV Episode 11 from the Mount Eden War Memorial Hall in Auckland on the North Island of New Zealand. Did you happen to catch this one as well, Alex? Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, so would you like to um, let the humans in on on something that you'll try out this this past month? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, this month I actually got, I've gone from bare minimum Alex to 
maximum effort, Alex, and I've actually gone through and at least watched all the free stuff that was out there. And, um, yeah, there was so a lot of this stuff what I'm going to be talking about today. I've never, most of it, I've never watched the promotion before. So this will be some fresh eyes for everyone here. Yeah. So as I mentioned just before, the first event was Impact Pro Wrestling's uh, Fight TV episode number 11. The matches were from IPW Battlefront on the 1st of February this year. Match number one was a no holds barred match with Will Stone defeating Alex Savage in 8.21 via pinfall. Match number two was the second match in the Best of Five series, where it was a over-the-top rope challenge. Ringo Ryan, with his manager Dion McCracken, defeated Charlie Roberts in 5.26. And in the main event of the night, it was a singles match for the IPW New Zealand Heavyweight Championship. Jamie Tugger Tawese, the champion, defeated Ruben De Jong with the Dapper Dynasty in Ruben's corner in 12.30 by disqualification after Ruben had attacked the ref. So, Alex, uh, some brief thoughts on watching IPW New Zealand for the first time. Yeah. Um, honestly, this was as... Uh, no, dis- no disrespect to anyone, but this seemed like a promotion that was filled up with, like, the NWA, like local talent quote-unquote from back in the day and this is where those people that get beat in two minutes on nwa television this is where they fight all the other times and um yeah it kind of felt like appearance wise everyone kind of had really crappy gear and there was like one high point for 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 the wrestlers there, that Jamie Tugger to essay, like he's a star, like there's something there with him. Except he's in there with a bloke who's like Jack to the gills. Don't get me wrong, but he looks like <laughs> he looks like a, <laughs> a Lavington local. For those that don't live on the border, I mean, just like your typical unit shirt wearing, tap out shirt wearing dude. He's got the board shorts and everything. He's got the crappy tats. He's got the bald head. Mm. Yeah, he's got the bald head. He's got the sunken in face. And he just, yeah, he just looks like a Darrow from down the road who's <laughs> just like gotten real angry. He just ripped off his shirt and now he's going to fight someone in his like boardies that he bought in 2007 but he can't but he can't be bothered going to buy new clothes because he's because he'd rather spend money on beer (laughs) fair enough so yeah i'd have to agree with you jamie does look like a star in this promotion dare i say a kiwi jeff cobb yeah that's probably a very good comparison I still am enjoying the best of five series where the winner of each match is sort of picking the next stipulation. So it's a nice uh, take on that. It's a really good gimmick for a feud. Um, It's actually a gimmick that I 
made a mental note of for our fantasy booking thing. And then the um the post match angle in the first match where after the bell, Stone shaves off um Alex Savage's mullet. Yeah. So I thought that was good. The negative I had was um like twelve minutes in a championship match and then he pushes the ref for a DQ. That was sort of a bit overall. Um, so how many beers would you go for this one, Alex? Yeah, I'll give it one and a half. Yeah, I went I went two for this one. Um, so from there we go on to March 7th, 2020. We travel over west to Explosive Pro Wrestling's Going For Broke from the Gate 1 Theatre in Perth, Western Australia. First match was a singles match. Tippinay with Jack Edwards in his corner defeated Aaron Hawke with Jonathan Windsor in 7.21 via pinfall. Second match was a singles match. Casey Johns defeated Edith Knight in 6.31 via pinfall. Third was a singles match. Delcano defeated Jay Taylor in 11.33 via pinfall. Fourth was a four-way match for the EPW Coastal Championship number one contendership. So Gavin McGavin uh, submitted Taylor King with Dan Steele and Michael Maloney also in the match after 11.27. Fifth was a tag team match. Bobby Marshall and Dan Moore with Jesse Lambert in their corner defeated the Untouchables. That's Damian Slater and Jillian Ward with Amber in their corner. In 11.53 via pinfall, Dan Moore pinned Jillian Ward. Sixth was a singles match. Bruno Nitro versus Junior Lee ended in a no contest after 5.43 when Joel Hagen attacked both men. And the seventh match of the night, the main event, was a singles match for the EPW Coastal Championship. Davis Storm, with Richter in his corner, defeated Marcus Pitt, with Amber in his corner, after 33.45 via pinfall. Uh, Alex, your overall thoughts on... EPW this month. Yeah, for first time watching EPW too, but they've definitely been on my radar. Um, but my statriotic self uh, usually tries to just keep up to date with the Victorian scene. But um, yeah, I finally get around to watching EPW and I chose a show with an was an absolutely phenomenal main event. Um, whoa, it was just, it was amazing. And um, lots of interesting gimmicks going on. Uh, what was it? Bobby Marshall and Dan Moore with the dude on his L's or whatever. Oh, yeah, Jesse Lambert, the, the learner wrestler yeah yeah and uh who was it bobby marshall's like the former champ but he's been put onto his l's or something yeah he's got to learn to pander to the crowd more so jesse lambert's telling him how to interact with the crowd more as a face yeah i um i actually love that uh, that's the sort of like just stupid fun stuff i love in wrestling so gimmicks like that really uh draw me in and um uh, I don't want to sound like a misogynist or a sodger or anything, but geez, Amber has a look. <laughs> yes. Total ca- total JR cowboy hat emoji for that one. Fair enough. Um, 
Oh yeah, quick and quickly the four way match for the number one contendership of the Coastal Championship. Absolutely incredible. Gavin McGavin's probably yeah, probably top tier upper echelon wrestlers in Australia at the moment and there's not too many people in or on his level. Yeah, I'd have to agree there. Um so for myself I really enjoyed the main event as well as the first half of the um card. The first four matches were really good solid matches. Um from the Tip and A match through the Edith Knight making her gate one main EPW debut. The Del Cano Taylor match was alright and then you had the um the four way number one contendership. Just um Bloody tag teams and refs. There is just something in the water, isn't there, in Australian and New Zealand wrestling? Yeah, something's going on. Um, like, the last thing I want to do is, like, sound like JR on his podcast or a Jim Cornette and be like, just hang on to the bloody tag rope and stay outside. But, but yeah, geez, some of these people need to start putting start like really having a look at what they're doing with their tag team matches and realize that those rules and stuff are there for a reason and it and it is to help like make a match better so you can figure out ways to work around the rules and and you know use the rules to your advantage to get the get some heat with the crowd and all that yeah absolutely and the reason i harpen on the the tag rules with the refs so much is if this was a singles match for a championship and there was that much leeway with a manager running in and hitting him from behind and teaming him in the ring and the ref's just there shrugging his shoulders, everyone would be like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. So you've got to have consistency as you've got to have consistency as well across yeah, your Yeah, but enough uh, about Jay divisions. White's title run. Um... <laughs> He's Australian royalty. <laughs> Uh, when you mention uh, a match, a singles match with lots of interference from the outside, I think of Jay White. But um, oh, like, yes, he's New Zealand, but it's like the old Australian joke. As soon as they make it big, we're just like, "Yep, he's Aussie now." Yeah, I, he's all Aussie. Fale as well somehow. <laughs> so uh, overall, how many beers would you get out for this one? Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna have to give it. Uh, you know, I'm feeling generous. I'll give it three and a quarter. I went free for this one. Uh, so from there, we also go on to the next event, March 7th, Impact Pro Wrestling Australia, Ace of Impact, from the William Duncan State School on the Gold Coast, Queensland, Australia. Match one was a tag team match for the IPW Tag Team Championship. It was Jesse Love and Tim Hayden, the champions, defeating Cruz and RIP in 11.46 via pinfall. Tim Hayden had pinned Cruz. Second match was a singles match. Ronnie Fujiwara defeated Reaper via pinfall. Third was a freeways match. Dick Brutal defeated Slam and Sam and Sweetass in 11.33 via pinfall on Slam and Sam. Fourth was a singles match. Ash defeated Chad Atlas with Flashman in his corner via pinfall. 
Biff was a singles match for the IPW Unified Championship. LFB, La Flama Blanca, the champion, defeated EC Diamond in 12-14 via pinfall. And in the main event, match number six, it was a four-way match for the IPW Heavyweight Championship. Brody Jackson, the new champion, defeated Bojack, CJ and Kiwi Thriller in 11.06 via pinfall on Kiwi Thriller. Uh, Alex, your quick thoughts on IPW Australia. Yeah, so I forgot to mention that there was one free show that I partially watched and was like, nah, I can't do it. The presentation's so bad. This is that this is that show. <laughs> I I was meant to get back around to watching it, but I just couldn't motivate myself to deal with um the commentary I was hearing over the crowd speaker that you could barely hear. Yeah, so so last month I found the commentary was a lot better. I don't know if they had a different sound guy on hand this week or what happened or if they'd lost that recording and were using the crowd one, but yeah, the commentary this month was um, echoey and hard to hear at patches. And during the main event, it was like playing on a loop during the introductions. Jeez. Did you make it through the first match at least? I did not. I didn't even make it through the entrances. Um, <laughs> so just on that quickly, they're not using copyrighted music. What do you think of them coming out and posing and using like the... IPW music with the name graphic. Yeah, I don't hate that. For like a smaller independent promotion avoiding copyright, do you think that's a good way of going around that? Um, there, there's positives and um, negatives to it. Like it's, it, it gives me a, like a, a nostalgic feeling like hearing the same wrestlers come out to the same sort of song over and over again to um like <laughs> like WCW NWO Revenge on the 64 where they could only have a certain amount of songs so there was like a player one song which was just like a dodgy 64-bit version of the Nitro theme and then like player two song which was some other random music and that's the only music on the game for the entrances. So I like that sort of feel that, you know, just reuse the same stuff. But also, if I'm someone that's watching your stuff on YouTube and I'm not hearing their music, but then I go to your show and they come out to something, you're missing, you're going to, you're cheating yourself out of a pop there. Like, the music recognition is an instant pop. So if someone's watched you on YouTube and then they decide to come to a show, yeah, you've sort of cheated yourself out of a cheap pop there. Fair enough. So I'll just go through. I really enjoyed the LFB EC Diamond uh, Championship match. Also, the man named Ronnie Fujiwara was actually trained by Tajiri and Yoshihaki Fujiwara. Yeah, right. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so the thing I found weird about this is he doesn't finish with, like, an armbar. Yeah, right. He finishes by hitting a rolling neck snap and hooks the leg for a free count pinfall. Mm. 
So I don't know if it's um something he's building up to in the company because that's the first time I've seen him. Um, and then the main event was a bit of a negative for me. You have the tag champs running down to the ring to attack the heavyweight champ wearing Trump Make America Great Again hats and T-shirts, but with an IPW sticker over the word America. Oh, God, that's as low-level indie as it comes. Trump in Queensland wrestling, just why do we need this in 2020 before the pandemic shut everything down? Yeah, um... Don't mix politics with wrestling. You're just going to alienate someone in your crowd. Yeah, so overall, I don't think you can rate this because you sort of gave it a no watch, so I gave this one one beer. Well, if you're only giving one beer, I'm not devastated. I didn't watch it all. So we're going on to March 7th, a very busy weekend in Australian wrestling. This time, it's Wright City Wrestling's Danger Zone from the RCW Academy in Adelaide, South Australia. Match number one was a tag team match. The Kings of Ruin, that's Mike Boomer and Zach Sabbath, defeated the Antivirus and Tony Toro in 10.03 by pinfall. The Kings of Ruin did a double pin on the Antivirus for the win. Second was a singles match. Redshaw defeated Jonathan Corviday. In 4.39 via pinfall. Third was a singles match. Little Onyx defeated Down Under in 6.43 via pinfall. Fourth was a trios match. Carlos Diaz, Caden Cornell and James Cray defeated Brandon Black, Caddy Trey and Dean Brady in 12.11 via pinfall. James Cray pinned Caddy Trey. Fifth was a tag team match. The Pereira. Eli Fieros and Gabriel Eros defeated Flips and Fists, Jensen Hunt and Kit Condor in 12-11 via pinfall. The Pariah did a double pin on Kit Condor. And in the sixth match, the main event, Jet Armstrong, Jet Armstrong defeated Tyler Daniels with Miss Malon in his corner in 11-59 via pinfall. Uh, any thoughts here on RCW, Alex? Uh, honestly, um, nothing really outstanding about it all, but nothing that bad either. It was just a, it was a good wrestling show. Yeah, so I, I must state this was the smaller of the two RCW shows for the month. Their bigger one, which was supposed to happen around the weekend of the 20th, I believe, ended up getting cancelled altogether. Yeah, it definitely had, like, B-show feel to it. Like, like if this if this was the WWE, this wasn't Super Showdown. This was, like, WrestleMania Revenge Tour. <laughs> um, so one of the things I noted during the Pereira's tag match, they get the double pin... Then they shove down the referee, and the referee allows the decision to stand while he cowers in the corner. What the heck? I don't know. I feel like someone in Australian wrestling, or maybe there's like a, a leader of the referee union of Australian wrestling, and he just happens to listen to this podcast and is just like contacting everyone around Australia and be like, 
Yeah, let's let's stick it to him. Let's see how, how much stuff we can do that'll really trigger Chris. <laughs> um, do you have much more to add on this show? I just had um the majority of in ring was really good until some of the endings. Yeah, um I don't have too much to add. Um I love Jonathan Corviday. I don't know what it is about him, but I'm drawn to him. I'm gonna be sorry to break this to you. Did you happen to catch his backstage interview this month? Oh, don't tell me I missed another good one. No, you missed a terrible one. He now talks during a backstage interview. Oh no. I'm just <laughs> remember last month when we were praising it for being this black and white silent film vignette thing? Yeah. And now he's sitting there like talking like a normal wrestler. Oh dear, that's oh that's heartbreaking. Um Well the prayer. Just yeah, they're they're gonna run the country at some point, aren't they? When the scene gets up and running again. These guys are incredible. You'd think so. Um So overall how many beers would you get out for this one? Yeah, I'll give it I'll give it a very safe and average two. Yeah, I went two as well. Uh so then we go on to March eighth, Frankie Wrestling Australia, The Road to Glory, which aired live on Sportsflix Global. This was from Club Five Doc RSL in Sydney, New South Wales, Australia. Did you happen to catch this one, Alec? I did not catch this one. Fair enough. They've only just recently uploaded it onto their YouTube channel for free as well. Oh, you're kidding. No, sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. So match number one was a five-way match for the Women's Road to Glory card. Um, I talked about this back in January. Their Road to Glory is like their money in the bank contract, yep. except it's deciding a match with uh, pinfall or submission. So it's first four... Kingsley defeated Lena Cross, Rochelle Rogue, Shazza McKenzie, and Xena in seven minutes after pinning Lena Cross. Second was a freeway match for the FWA Mercury Championship. Carter Deans became the new champion, defeating the former champion Nikki Van Blair and Caesar in eight minutes after pinning Nikki. Third was a non title match with the FWA Tag Team Champions. So Donnie Marco and Reese Angel defeated the Velocities, that's Jude, London and Paris De Silva, which are the champions, in 10.43 via pinfall. Reese Angel got the pin on Paris De Silva. Fourth was a seven-way match for the Men's Road to Glory card. Big Fudge defeated Axon Uris, Chris Stevens, Dazza, AC Diamond, Jaden Jacobs and Parker Thomas in 11.23 via pinfall on Parker Thomas. Fifth was a singles match. Sam Osborne defeated Jay Sorbet in 8.17 via submission. Sixth was a singles match. Jessica Troy defeated Gino Gambino in 7.44 via submission. The co-main event was a singles match for the FWA Women's Championship. Tali, the champion, defeated Aspen in 8-12 via submission. And in the main event, a singles match for the FWA Heavyweight Championship. Ricky Self with Nicky Van Blair in his corner, the champion, 
defeated Will Kiedis with Frankie B in his corner in 1552 via pinfall. Um, so, a few positives I had. This event had commentary, whereas the previous month it did not when I watched. Also, there was a spot after the match where Aspen's walking out in the co-main event and she's that angry that she kicks a hole in the wall near the bar which immediately gave me flashbacks to the Evie Kellyanne match at MCW a number of years ago. Are you familiar with that match? Yes, yes. Um, Evie and Kellyanne, um, that was... Uh, Evie and Kellyanne was on an MCW show that... I, that was the first MCW show that I'd gone back and watched from previous years and it was like one of the matches of the night uh yeah so i I recall what happens yeah um the only like i really enjoyed this whole event the only negative i'd say would be aspen kicking a hole in the wall near the bar isn't the best way to endear yourself to an rsl venue oh it's an rsl yeah (laughs) not a good idea (laughs) Yeah. Um, other than that, I really enjoyed this show. I gave it three beers overall. Oh, excellent. I might have to check it out then. Yeah, so it is available. Uh, it's the YouTube channel, I believe, still under the previous name of Future Wrestling Australia. But if you search for Frankie Wrestling Australia, it should still pop up there. Um, so from there, we go to... March 13th, it is Deathmatch Down Under from Bar Open in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. Alex, do you want to talk about this one? Yeah, so um, let's give the quick result rundown first. Uh, Casanova Valentine defeated Joel Bateman with Hawko via pinfall. He uh, powerbombed Joel... Onto Hawko, who was on a large tube table, then pinned him. I'm just reading that note and just being like, yeah, this was outrageous. Um, one of my, like, this was a natural highlight of all the shows that we had to watch from March. Um, one of the most entertaining things about this match wasn't just like the disgusting at times violence especially with you know COVID-19 goggles on and knowing how close this was to everything uh seeing a bunch of people like pouring beer on each other and bleeding all over each other and everyone's shoulder to shoulder it's a bit weird to watch in hindsight but this was a different time (laughs) um one of the best things about this match was not the violence or anything. It was the way Joel Bateman and Hawko were just talking trash to Casanova Valentine, Casanova dishing it out back, and then, like, Hawko getting into random arguments with people <laughs> around the bar. He's got, a, like, a hacksaw at one point going to someone. I'm not sure if he's going to one of the wrestlers or just some random going, I will cut you. <laughs> 
Yeah, that was so good. Yeah, Hawkeye was like, so there was no commentary, but it was all made up for by the fact that there was so much trash talker going on back and forth. Yeah, um, this isn't the sort of thing that I would want to watch like all the time. But with as your a, partner, yeah, <laughs> uh, she's already I, watched the boneyard match. <laughs> I'd be half curious to know what she has to say about this sort of match. Um, but but this is the sort of thing I can indulge in, you know, every now and then, but I'm not going to watch it all the time. Like, at some point last year, I went on this massive, like, GCW Game Changer Wrestling binge, and I just, like... I completely wore myself out of watching death matches that that few few weeks I was doing it, but um, every now and then's fine. And this one was a good. This was just yeah, it was just fun. Um, so to be completely upfront and honest with the listeners, this isn't really my style of uh, wrestling that I enjoy watching. However. I was entertained by it, so I gave this one three beers. Um, yourself, Alex? Yeah, I, I gave it three and a half. Um, I'm not going to necessarily say it's my style of wrestling, but it's probably more my style than it is yours. And um, yeah, like I said, in small doses, these death matches are good fun to watch every now and then. And this is one worth checking out. Um, and then the second part, later on that night, it was Deathmatch Down Under Hangover at the Totes Hotel in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. Um, do you want to give a brief rundown of this one as well, Alex? Yeah, uh, 13 minutes, 21 seconds of a no-ring deathmatch here. Uh, Casanova Valentine defeating Callum Butcher and Sicko Smacks via pinfall on Callum Butcher. Uh, this one's a fair bit less memorable than the Joel Bateman match in my mind. Um, the What I saw in um, looking at Casanova Valentine on Twitter and looking at the description of the match on YouTube... Casanova Valentine pretty much walked out of the Joel Bateman match after winning that one and went to some other venue somewhere that was having another no-ring death match and just walked straight in and just interjected and just put himself in that match. What just said, I want a match. Oh, he just walked, like, he must have, like, texted someone and been like, oh, I'll do a match down the street if you want. And he did. So, like, before the match even started, Casanova Valentine's all busted open and, like, got glass all over him, all from the match. So he did this back-to-back with that Joel Bateman match. Just insane. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, the the only um, point I can really remember, at one point the three men sort of brawl out to a beer garden area and then they brawl back inside, back up onto, like, a, a band stage sort of yeah. area. Um, I remember they were sort of brawling near the speakers on the stage and I noticed, like, 
it was either a member of the band or like staff that was working there that was like being really careful and like getting the cables out of the way and like trying to protect the speakers and stuff. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, full disclosure again, this isn't my style of wrestling that I enjoy watching, but I was entertained and I gave it three beers again. Yeah. Uh, this was not a three and a half beers like the other one was for me. This was just a, yeah, I'll agree with you. Three beers on that one. Let's go across the ditch. On March 14th to Southern Pro Wrestling Queenstown WrestleFest from the Queenstown Memorial Centre in Queenstown <laughs> on the South Island of New Zealand. Uh, is it in Queenstown by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> Just have to get that in there so everyone knows. Um, <laughs> it's good branding. I suppose it's memorable. Yeah. So at the start of the event, Marcus Cool is welcoming the crowd, then is confronted and attacked by Jack Bonzer. The two were having a match later in the night. Match number one was Want to Fight, defeating Cutter with Ryder in his corner in 8.15 via pinfall. Second was a singles match for the IPW New Zealand Heavyweight Championship. Jamie Tagatadese, the champion, defeated T-Rex in 8.58 by pinfall. Third was a singles match. Charlie Roberts defeated Cool Guy Sky in 7.57 by pinfall. Fourth was a tag team match for the SPW New Zealand Tag Team Championship. Before the match, Will Power announces that his Power Tools teammate Hammer is now replaced by the human love machine, T-Rex. And Control, that's Carnage and Jake Sheehan, with Amber Say in their corner, defeat Will Power and the human love machine, T-Rex, in 8.16 via pinfall. Jake Sheehan, the legal man, pinned the human love machine, T-Rex, the illegal man. Uh, fifth was a singles match. Marcus called defeating Jack Bonza in 15.50 via pinfall. And in the main event, a three-way match for the SPW New Zealand Heavyweight Championship. Shane Sinclair, the champion, with Sabrina in his corner, defeated Falcon Kid and Liam Fury in 8.19 via pinfall on Liam Fury. Uh, Alex, any quick thoughts here on SPW? Um, the T-Rex thing, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. Even though it was the first time i like, seen this promotion or whatever, um, <laughs> the gimmick change of T-Rex into the human love machine, I loved that. Oh, from the, the human hate machine earlier in the night to the human love machine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I got some, like, serious Mick Foley vibes from the transformation there. Like, yeah, this dude just went from Cactus Jack to Dude Love at the click of a finger there. But, um, yeah, the main event was really good. Um, it was a pretty solid show for me. Yeah, I'd I'd have to agree. Solid card entering, and the highlight I thought was um, Marcus and Bonza. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, that was really good. Uh, my only negative was the tag team title changing after pinning the illegal man. Yeah, uh, I, 
I didn't notice that one, or maybe I did, but I, I don't remember noticing it. Um, that's that's shocking. Yeah. Um, and then Jamie, like, saying it's the first time a IPW champion has defended at a at a SPW event. I thought that was a really good uh, quick little match as well. Yeah. Um, Jamie Tugger to SA has been a revelation for me this month. Yeah, yeah. He's been, been a really, uh, probably a sleeper wrestler for you. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I had no idea this dude existed, and now he's like, he's a favourite. He's a big hoss, I love it. From there, overall, I gave this event uh, three beers. Yeah, I'll give it I'll give it three as well. So from there, we go to March 14th. We go to Wrestle Rampage Carpe Diem from the Port Adelaide Recreation Centre in Adelaide, South Australia. First was a singles match, Corn Dog defeated Will Garrison with Pat Graham in his corner in 801 via pinfall. Second match was Pat Graham with Will Garrison in his corner defeated Wham Bam Bellows in 329 via pinfall. Third was a singles match. Havoc defeated Corey Adams in 754 via pinfall. Fourth was a singles match for the Wrestle Rampage Cruiserweight Cup. Robbie Hart, the champion, defeated Link Bennett in 11.58 via pinfall. Fifth was a tag team match. The Renegades, Greg Graham and Joey Graham, with Pat Graham in their corner, defeated the team of AJ Istria and Tommy Knight in 18.43 via pinfall. Joey Graham pinned AJ Istria... Um, next was Steph Delander in action. It was originally advertised as Kellyanne versus Steph Delander, but Kellyanne couldn't attend. So Steph kicks a male Wrestle Rampage dojo trainee who rolls out of the ring, then hits a death adder on a female Wrestle Rampage dojo trainee before leaving. And in the main event, the singles match for the Wrestle Rampage Australian National Championship. Rat Daddy, the champion, defeated Sam Osborne in 1552 via pinfall. Um, you didn't happen to catch this one, did you, Alex? No, I did not. But there's a couple of things that I, I actually might try to find a way of watching because Rat Daddy and Sam Osborne, uh, I, I love Rat Daddy. It's just, it's a unique gimmick. Uh, Sam Osborne's a future star, and also AJ Istria and Tommy Knight. That's a hell of a tag team there. Yeah, so um, just a couple of quick positives. I had the uh, two championship matches, that being uh, Hart and Barnett for the Cruiserweight Cup and Rat Daddy and Sam Osborne for the national championship. A couple of quick negatives. There was no commentary for this event. Um, Wham Bam Bellows comes out in a hazmat suit, tinfoil hat, uh, face mask, and wearing his wrestling tights over it, then starts <laughs> spouting out conspiracy theories, a few of which I'm not going to quote on this podcast. Okay, uh, I'm not going to quote them either, but I just saw what they are according to your notes. I don't see how this is a negative. Like, it's kind of making fun of conspiracy theorists if 
Is it? Or, like, it's not like taking itself too seriously. The problem was he was facing one of the members of the Renegades, who, from what I gathered on this event, are supposed to be, like, a big heel faction. So yeah, he's right. sort of in the position of a baby face here, which was sort of confusing. Yeah, right. Unless he's, like, uh, he's completely out of his mind. Is he playing that part up, like... Is he like a mankind baby face where he's completely bat poop crazy but every and everything he says is really weird and that, but everyone loves him? No, I wouldn't say so. He's still cut a reasonable second half of his promo demanding a match. Okay, then then there's issues. I'll, I'll, quickly, I'll just say... That I'm still interested in seeing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Carry on. Um, yeah, again, the tag refing rules, which I've been over to the point of deaf talking about. Um, lastly, flying Steph Delander across country and just having a um, kit to dojo trainees. Personally, I would have even been curious to see like a two-minute match with her and the um young female uh wrestle rampage dojo trainee where she's acting all cocky at the start and the little um blonde female trainee starts getting the upper hand but eventually steph gets the upper hand on her being the veteran puts on the deaf adder and gets the win rather than walks out deaf adder roll out of the ring pose go home yeah like, do they do in intergender matches over there? Um, Wrestle Rampage, I don't believe they do. Ah, uh, because that could have been an option, but... Yeah, even then there's um, Wright City in Adelaide and you've got your few smaller promotions around there plus a few schools. I'm sure someone would have been willing to if they work with uh, Wrestle Rampage, I suppose. Um... So that that to me was just odd, like. Yeah. So what happened with Kellyanne there? Was that due to her ROH signing or anything? I wouldn't think so because they were still like I've gone back and looked on the social media and they still seem to be advertising that pretty close to the event. So I don't know if it's um because of how close it was to the. Um, restrictions starting and um, Kellyanne might have said that she didn't want to travel yeah, because they're already doing the um, the lockdowns for people returning from overseas at that point yeah. as well. Well, is there a possibility she just came back from overseas and she might have been in lockdown herself? Just putting on my tinfoil hat here. Uh, wear bare bellows style and uh, just trying to figure out what's going <laughs> on. Um, maybe. That that could be a possibility because she was supposed to be going to ROH, so she may have... She, she might have um, done a shazza and got there and then had to leave. Yeah, that's true too. Um, so overall, I gave this two beers. Ah, um, yeah. I think you'd really enjoy the um, Istria Tommy Knight t- 
uh, tag match as well. Yeah, Tommy Knight is he's someone I'm very high on from the few times I've seen him in MCW, and I think I saw him at PWA once as well. Yeah, I'm big big fan of Tommy Knight. He's pretty much like the heir apparent to Jonah Rock. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to have to agree. He's very um if you haven't seen the man before, he's sort of very similarly built. Yeah, big thick boy, <laughs> big hoss. Hoss wrestler. Um so from there we move on to the empty arena era. First of all, it was March twentieth. Pro Wrestling Australia's Black Label. Don't call it a cancel live on OVO play from the Pro Wrestling Academy in Sydney, New South Wales, Australia. Um, did you watch this one live or on tape delay? I watched this one live, and uh, it is, it's been, what, four months since I watched it, so... Yeah, about, about three and a half. Yeah, yeah, so it's been, a, I watched this live on the night, um... I think I missed the first couple of matches, but yeah. Fair enough. Um, myself, I watched this on tape delay. Again, working in hospitality, I didn't get the chance to catch it live. So the event starts with Big Fudge in the ring explaining the no-fan situation, saying that there's no one in the crowd, only a few of the PWA staff are in the crowd at certain sections. Um, but fans have been able to vote on stipulation or match types tonight. So the first match was a singles match. Mick Moretti defeated Zena in 10.34 via pinfall. Second match was a six-way match for toilet paper on a pole. (laughs) (laughs) That kind of feels like a lifetime ago, the whole toilet paper thing. But it's starting it's, again. I know, I'm nowhere near that, and we've still got restrictions up here. <laughs> so it just shows you how valuable toilet paper still is three months later. Yeah. So James Adultman defeated Aaron Jake, Bell Pierce, Joseph Farah, Reese Angel, and Silvio Milano in 433 after reaching over Bell to retrieve the toilet paper. Oh, my God, I wish I saw that. <laughs> um, third was a singles match. Jude London defeated Donnie Mako in 7-14 via submission. Fourth was a singles match. Sam Osborne with Don Marnell in his corner defeated Steph Delander in 8-09 via submission. Sorry, fifth was a two-on-one falls count anywhere match. So it's a team of the Prefects, Jimmy Townsend and William Preston with Cherry Stevens in their corner, defeated Backman in 12-24 via pinfall. Uh, after intermission, there was a big fudge video showing the fans how to wash their hands. So did you happen to catch that? Yeah, yeah, that was great. Instead of Instead of singing Happy Birthday... He's singing the um, Big Fudge song. Yeah. So he's going, X going to give it to you. 
word I can't say. Something, something, something. <laughs> yeah, so good. Um, so after intermission, sixth match was a singles match. Paris De Silva defeated Kai Drake in 10.06. Um, seventh, the co-main event was a best two out of three falls singles match with Ricky South and Jack Bonza. First fall, Jack Bonza won by pinfall in 6.56. Second fall, Ricky South won by pinfall in 4.44. And the third fall, Ricky South won by pinfall after 5.46, making Ricky South the winner two falls to one after 17.26. And in the main event, uh, match number eight was a tag team match. The Light Speed Express, Matt Diamond and Robbie Eagles defeated the Babes, Carter Deems and Matty Wahlberg in 29-27 after pinfall. Matt Diamond pinned Carter Deems after a 450 splash. Any quick thoughts on this one, Alex? Yeah, the Babes should have won. Um, <laughs> honestly, like you don't have to pin Robbie. We get that. Have Wahlberg pin Matty Diamond. Um, the two out of three falls match was like it might have been my highlight of the month. Um, just the technical back and forth between the two was just insane. Um, yeah, and I just love the prefix. Like they can't do any wrong by me. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, although I do think someone outshone him on this show, and that would be James Adultman. Oh, yeah, well... Well, you're talking two completely different kettle of fish there, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed this show. For the um, time that it happened, it was just a really fun show, given the um, circumstances and just something um, fun... Yeah, I, I I wonder I wonder if they if they can do something like this again now. <sighs> Given they're in New South Wales, I'd probably yeah. say yes. That's what I was I thinking. I know. What is it? Um, EPW ran a show last week. Uh, Wrestle Rampage is running an event later this month, plus a few others around the country. So. It wouldn't surprise me if they were to um, come back. I know Victoria's sort of completely out of the question until, like, September, October, by the looks of things. Yeah, um, PCW just... I saw, like, either yesterday or the day before they had to cancel a show. Oh, their ignition tapings they sold out in the end of the month for July. Yeah, so they had to cancel yeah. that. And uh, my, my boy JXT had to shut down his newly uh, newly formed wrestling school as well. Is that relentless? Yeah. Him yeah. and Jake Navarra and the big rig. But yeah, it'll, it's sort of weird just seeing all these different things because, sorry to sidetrack, um, like you're watching the national news at nine, you're like, uh, does that apply to me here or does that just apply there or where's that apply? Dude, so, yeah, yeah, it's, that's why living on a border town right now is just the worst. Like, um, like 
I'm actually allowed to just like go to Aubrey for no reason. Like as long as I have a permit, <laughs> it doesn't even make I would be allowed to. Like I have no reason to go there, but because I've got a permit, I can go there and say like, oh, I was thinking about just like having a look at Target. <laughs> <laughs> might go see if there's like, yeah, or, or just be like, yeah, I might go see if there's any wrestling figures at Big W in Lavington. <laughs> <laughs> so that'd be weird because like all the pubs in New South would be able to open, but they'd be on tighter restrictions across Victoria. Yeah. And, like, there's oh this whole God. thing, like, within... This is completely, like, not even wrestling anymore, but whatever. <laughs> if you It li- still relates back to if <laughs> people can run in certain areas slightly. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, keep grasping at straws. Uh, yeah, so there's... <laughs> There's a 50-kilometre radius around, like, the border that if you live within a 50-kilometre radius of the border, um, you're allowed to just cross the border for, quote-unquote, daily life reasons, which pretty much covers anything. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's what it says on my permit and everything. So it's just insane. Yeah, it would be at the moment. Um, so back to PWI. <laughs> um, uh, no, I'm pretty sure like everyone's like listening to wrestling Ozstar to hear about <laughs> the struggles of a Vodonga resident. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah. So like a few little things they um did through the show, like sorry, Kydrake turning up without the PWA tag team belts that he's stolen from the um, from Paris to Silver because they said on commentary, Spencer's at home polishing them up. And then little things like um, during the Prefects-Backman match, there's a point where um, Cherry hits Backman with a math book and then is getting attacked um, so the prefects go in and help her, and then Backman starts chasing the prefects throughout the academy. They go to like a wait area backstage, and then they go out to the car park. They're fighting in a ute. They open up someone's car, and a masked wrestler runs out in his undies across the car park. <laughs> yeah, so good. <laughs> and the end of it all happened because. They hit Cherry's math book on the back of Backman and they end up pinning him in the back of the ute. And so yeah, it's that, that little great. thing that happened earlier on in the match that end up playing into the finish I really enjoyed. Um, so what did you end up giving this show here, Alex? I'm going to give it... Oh, uh, you know what? I was going to say three and a half. I'll give it four. You can have four beers out of the sixer. I went four beers for this one too. It just left me with a big smile on my face on the end. Yeah, I remember I was watching it. It was like a Friday night or something at home. And I was just like watching it in bed, just like winding down after a pretty crazy week in the transport and logistics world, especially as all this new stuff was coming in. And I just remember it being like, 
a really enjoyable experience just chilling out and watching it. So from there, we go on to uh, four more events, none of which I believe you've seen, the PCW Ignition Specials. No, I haven't seen any of those. And quite frankly, after their big show last month, um, or was it during March? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, mid-March. They definitely didn't sell me to want to watch more of their product, to be honest. Fair enough. Um, so these are all from the Southeastern Entertainment Centre in Melbourne, Victoria. They're all taped from March 21st as well. So night one aired on March 21st. Starts with... RB4K members Aisha and PCW President Carl Grove explaining the no-fan situation. However, there are PCW wrestlers and um, like office ring crew in the crowd making noise. Um, I will say of the two no-fan shows seen this right after PWA, I thought this was the better of the two. It was like watching a um, oh, sorry, an NXT taping at the start against an AEW taping where one had wrestlers in the crowd and the other didn't. Yeah, right. Um, so I'll just quickly run through all the results and then I'll sort of give you an overall positive-negative. Um, so night one, match one, singles match, JJ Ferno defeated James Sly Silver in 8.56 via pinfall. Match two, singles match, Cass Stone defeated George Kendo in 17.04 via pinfall. And the third match on night one, Barry O'Leary defeated defeated Levi Nixon in 4.14 via pinfall. Night two, March 28th. Uh, match number one, singles match, Lucas Daniels defeated Liam Elliott with Noah Evans in his corner after a minute 36 via pinfall. Lucas Daniels hit a running V-trigger to a seated Noah on the top rope and F5 for the pin. I thought that was a really good-looking uh, combo finish. Match number two, a trios match. Tricky and the Sly Guys, Drayden and James Sly Silver defeated Robbie Thorpe and the Black Diamonds, Jason Blade and Seth Tanner in 21.01 via pinfall. Tricky pinned Robbie Thorpe. Third match, Nate Cross with Adish in his corner. Defeated Jarvis in 6.01 via pinfall. Match number four, singles match, Aisha. Defeated Andy Walker in 4.41 via pinfall. And in the main event of night two, a singles match, Ryan Rapid defeated Jude Tannum in six minutes via pinfall. Uh, night three on the 4th of April. Match number one, singles match, JJ Ferno defeated George Kendo in 7.26 via pinfall. Match number two, singles match, Tricky defeated Bariff Priest in 4.34 via pinfall. Third, a singles match, Nate Cross with Adish defeated Charlie Matthews in 6.24 via pinfall. And the main event of night three, match number four, singles match, Robbie Thorpe defeated Rocco in 7.07 via pinfall. And night number four on April the 11th. Match number one was a tag team match. The Sly Guys, Drayden and James Sly Silver defeated the Black Diamonds. 
Jason Blade and Seth Tanner in 701 via pinfall. James Sly Silver pinned Seth Tanner. Match number two was also a tag team match. Cass Stone and Lucas Daniels defeated Nate Cross and Sammy Falcon in 926 via double pinfall. Daniels pinned Cross and Stone pinned Falcon. Third was a singles match. Barry O'Leary defeated Charlie Matthews in 615 via pinfall. And in match number four, the main event of PCW Ignition Special Nightfall, a singles match for the PCW National Championship. Mark Cage, the champion, defeated Ryan Rapid in 9.32 via pinfall. Uh, any questions there, Alex? Um, like, I noticed there are mainly really short matches. Um... So, how, how is this for a watch? Is it a nice quick watch or anything? So, it's like uh, under an hour. It's sort of a pre uh, TV sort of style presentation. No commercial um, breaks, but there's like little backstage segments or uh, PCW shop online sort of segments spliced in between. Yeah, and how are the promo segments, like the backstage stuff and all that? Um, yeah, pretty good. So that being said, um, the commentary I thought was a really good touch to have on this when it's still puzzling that's not on your biggest show of the year on the network. No, I was just saying that's insane. That throughout these tapings, they had a cameraman positioned inside the ring which I thought was both a unique and nice take for an empty arena show, and he didn't seem to get in the way of any of the matches. So you know, like in um, War Games, for example, the WWE War Games, where there's the two rings and there's that cameraman positioned um, in the middle metal connection? Yeah. Imagine if he was positioned on the other side of the ropes, actually inside the ring in that corner. Yeah, so this is where they had their cameraman positioned. Okay, and it worked. Um, Yeah, I thought for the most part it did. He didn't seem to get in the play of anyone. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's very different. Um, And one of the negatives to the commentary across all four shows, they were calling attention to the lazy refing. For example, on night one. Why did he allow that eye poke on night two? Why isn't the ref counting for a double team on night three? Why did he not notice the Sly Guys running? So, yeah, there was a lot of um, that sort of stuff. And then, like, on night four, are you going to blame the ref for letting them all compete right now? Which brings me to my next point. Tag team rules. Yeah, big shot there. Yeah. Why bother? Night four, the first (laughs) match of the night. The tag team match with the Sly Guys, Drayden and James Sly Silver, and the Black Diamonds, Jason Blade and Seth Tanner. Within the first 30 seconds, all four men are in the ring, and the ref starts counting to five, but stops at three. Within the first minute, the Black Diamonds have done 30 seconds double teaming. It's like, all four men are in the ring again, why are tags even necessary? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So of all, I rated these shows, um, respectively, I gave Night 1 free beers, Night 2, um, two beers, Night 3 free beers, and Night 4 free beers. Um, some of the standout positives on the um, Nights 2 to 3, I thought the Asia match with Andy Walker was really good. Um, the Ryan Rapid Jude Tanner match was really good as well on night three. Cross and Charlie Matthews was a good match, as well as Robbie Thorpe and Rocco. And um, yeah, the Cage Ryan Rapid match on night four, plus the majority of um, Stone Daniels and Cross Falcon was a really good tag team match until the ending where the ref just allows a complete double team into a double pin um anything else you'd like to add for the month alex or should we move on to wrestler of the month yeah i think we should just move on to a wrestler of the month yeah um so would you like to go first or should i for a change yeah you go first mate um so I think it's no surprise. You've already seen the T-shirt I'm wearing tonight. My female wrestler of the month is Aisha from PCW. Not only her involvement here, but also the uh, two PCW shows we also talked about earlier in the month. And for my male wrestler of the month, I thought EC Diamond had a um, good showing. He had two really good matches throughout the month on um, rather reasonable uh, cards. Yeah, so I'm in a bit of a tricky situation with Wrestler of the Month being that I pretty much saw this month out of this being the month where I've watched the most Australian wrestling. I've seen like three matches with women in it. Like, I don't have that much to choose from. Like, you've seen... You've also got um, Grand Slam, Grand Slam that we watched as well that has um, <laughs> Aisha on there that I've already mentioned, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, you got like Bell Pierce on the PWA show, Steph Delanda. Yeah. I. I um. I'm going to give an honourable mention to Amber because I fell in love with her in a very, very innocent way. <laughs> um, but I'm going to give Female Wrestler of the Month because actually I did go back and watch this match, Mick Moretti and Zena. I really enjoyed it, and Zena is just a good act for me. I enjoy her character work and all that too, so... I'm a big fan of Xena, so this is this month she can be my wrestler, female wrestler of the month. Yeah, I'd have to agree. And she also had a um a good showing in that um Frankie Wrestling Australia match, the um five way women's road to glory, where Kingsley ended up winning. Yeah, so this is the sort of month where, like, we we don't have any MCW to talk about, so I'm not going to have my um subconscious biases with these awards so we're getting a couple of different picks from me this month uh 
I think I know where you're going for male wrestler. Yeah, so I did have someone in mind, but recent events have sort of changed my mind about that, and I'm not going to go too much further into that. So last-minute decision, male wrestler of the month is Jamie Tugger Tawese. Yeah, I'd have to agree. That's a very good choice for, for male wrestler of the month. He was... Right up there for mine as well. I just thought um, EC Diamond just was a shining light for myself on those two cards. But Jamie has had a really good uh, standout month with those two New Zealand shows. Yeah, his like if I look back and think of everything I saw in the past month, uh, from the past month of March, he his face is the first thing that pops up in my head. So. That just tells you something. Like, he owned this month for me. And, you know, it doesn't hurt that he's on more than one show. But I'm more than willing. Like, if someone had a fantastic enough performance, I'm more than happy to give someone Wrestler of the Month for one match they had. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's an unusual... Retro, do you feel like retroactively uh, changing any previous wrestlers of the month and this has nothing to do with anything and this is still going to be left in the um, podcast? Yeah, I'll, I'll have a think about it. I'll have to go over some of my notes, but I was thinking about it. Uh, I think if you want to change it, the rule is it goes to the default wrestler, which means JXT is your wrestler of the month for January. <laughs> So good good work getting kicked out of America that <laughs> month, I think it was. Nah, I think it was a bit later than that. But, yeah, good work, JXT. Congratulations on your retroactive <laughs> wrestler. Uh, this has been pretty fun. Um, yeah, so sorry about all the delays and whatnot. Um, would you like to talk a little bit about possible schedule? <laughs> of course, card subject to change. Yeah, I... I I feel bad, like, even laying out too much of a schedule for our listeners at the moment because I just don't want to get their hopes up because... Okay, how about instead of dates, we just say what we have planned coming up? Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, let, let's not promise any dates anymore. <laughs> uh, just have your notifications on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... um. Over the uh, month of July, we are going to have a... So, of course, this is the March 2020 in Australian New Zealand review. Following that, we will be having a Thunderstorm uh, wrestling news special where we look at the past month of uh, wrestling uh, news, so to speak, and just how everything's changed. Quite frankly, it is an episode I'm not looking forward to do, to doing, but I think it will be a good listen, guys. Um, we'll be touching some pretty heavy stuff. Yeah, it's going to be one where we're straight off the bat. It's going to be listener discretion advised, not suitable for young audiences. And I think it's good because we'll just put everything out there and then it's we won't have to 
sort of. Yeah, th- this is an ep- dance around it. It'll be an episode that um, I've been quite frankly like zigzagging, <laughs> like trying to avoid doing. Um, at one point, there was discussions of you doing this with maybe someone else or maybe even just by yourself, but I've yeah ended up deciding like. Uh, the best thing to do is to just tackle it head on, not avoid it, and yeah, let's let's get it done. Yeah, and then following that, we will be having a retro forward down under where we are looking at WCW Australia, the Volume One tape slam. Oh my god! So I, I just saw this schedule, and you've sprung that one up on me without actually talking about it with me. Oh. Um, Don't you remember Wham but, Bam? Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely know what you're talking about. You just—I was just reading the schedule. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess I've got to watch this again because I watched it a couple of months ago, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was. Um, Unique? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it's not the easiest thing to get through. Oh, I figured it might be something a little bit fun yeah. after yeah. the uh, the real world of the news. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then from there, we are going to have uh, two editions of the, um, the Pick Your Poison show. So the first one, we will be looking at WWE's documentary The Rise and Fall of ECW, released in 2004. And uh, who picked the poison on that one? You? Yeah, I suppose. I'm just like, yeah, that sounds good enough. Yeah, I was just wondering, because, yeah, like I said, I'm sort of, this is the first time I'm actually speaking to you about these things. I'm just like, oh, this is cool and all, but why we... Why are we doing this? Um, this is one of my favourite doc- WWE documentaries from the pre-network era, so it'll be a breeze to watch, so it'll be good. Yeah, and I remember we were sort of touching on it uh, during our uh, our fantasy draft. And, yes. And talking about that. Um, and then... From the rise and fall of ECW, we're moving on to the rebirth in a way, the um, One Night Stand 2005-2006 and just sort of looking at some of the more memorable matches from that. That's awesome. So we're not going to watch uh, One Night Stand 2007 featuring... Oh, my God, I, I know. Is that Wait. the one with the Kane poster and he's, like, branding it? Like, um, looks like he's going to uh, brand someone's ass with it. <laughs> It might be that one, but it, there is a um, actually surprisingly good WWE title match between John Cena and the Great Carly in a Last Man Standing match. So we're not going to watch that one, right? You can if you want. You can talk about that match at the end. <laughs> and then, yes, it's the return of your show. Yeah, so... Um... I've personally gotten the most feedback from our draft show. Um, uh, a lot of friends reaching out to me and all that sort of stuff, a couple of others, and um, it was a really fun episode. And 
full disclosure, I fully wrote out my card within two hours of recording that episode. Oh, wow. Um, it, I've even, like, written out, like, pretty much, like, vignettes, like, almost... I'm pretty sure we all know framed. who's going to win. <laughs> um, some would say that the we knew who was going to win after the draft episode. <laughs> I mean, Jim Barnett. Yeah. I need someone like a Jack Tunney. <laughs> okay. Okay, sure. Yeah, that that's actually that's actually a really good point because I had to like search around my roster and realize, oh, I kind of needed an authority <laughs> figure. Oh, but I found one. Okay, I found um, one. Yeah, and um, mentioning. And um, quickly on the fantasy thing, uh, we discussed, like, gimmick change cards and stuff like that. You and I discussed after the episode, we're scrapping that. If you want to use your creative freedom to use someone else's other gimmick or turn them heel or face or whatever, if you want to, by all means, turn Shawn Michaels into Rocker's Shawn Michaels, go for it. All creative freedom is up I, in there ooh, for you. Who can be my Janetti? Don't you say <laughs> X Park. Jim Barnett. Uh, but yeah, even <laughs> Mark Tyson, you got him. You got Oh my god, I just realized that you've even got the celebrity member. Yeah, the of only DX. one I missed out on getting was uh Rick Rude. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I Oh, we're there to discuss trades as well. Because, yeah, I'll happily give you a, give you one tag team for <laughs> a uh, woman. Ooh, okay, maybe I'll have a think. Um, but it won't be a good tag team, but it'll be. A is tag it the second team. half of the Freebirds? <laughs> no, no, uh, no. I'll. I'll That's give right. You, you the, say that. Um, uh, um, yeah, but on that subject, I had um, a listener, Paul from the UK, reach out and he's actually gone back and listened to the draft and was happy that I got the Briscoes. I don't know how happy he was because if he yeah, listened back, I'm like, oh, I'm not really sure what to do with them. Now, if it was Jane Mark, I know what to yeah, do. Uh, I was... Oh, man. Um, someone, one of, one mate of mine messaged me and said, what you should do is go to the, um, what is it called? Wrestle Crap Hall of Shame and draft wrestlers out of the Hall of Shame and book a show. Oh. <laughs> now, yeah, we've got like our world champions, the Shockmaster, and the whole goal is to make the worst yep. show ever. Oh, that'd be interesting. <laughs> but for the time being, I think we'll do the Hall of Fame. Isn't it like thing. reverse engineering um, a card? Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I might have the Shockmaster versus, uh, I don't know, Nicole Bass. Ooh, that's a name you haven't heard of in a while. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, yeah, tr trades in the works, I yeah. guess, and we'll leave the listeners on that. 
Yeah, so if you want to have... Yeah, you can use whatever version of whatever wrestler you got. Sounds good to me. Uh... Yeah, because I realised that Kevin Nash got inducted for being Kevin Nash and Diesel at once. So that's... That's right. You looked back on the the, uh, ceremony. Yeah, and that sort of made me think, all right, but Razor only got inducted as Razor, not Scott Hall. Yeah. But it's just like, ah, stuff, I just use your creative freedom. So I'm full disclosure... I'll get around to it. I'll change Razor Ramon to Scott Hall. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I personally cannot wait to see Ric Flair versus Joker Sting. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he mentioned it in his Hall of Fame speech. <laughs> I just want to... He did. He did. Oh, he did. Um... Let's just say you won't have to wait too long if you want to see Flair versus Sting. Ooh. <laughs> I'm not spoiling anything of my card. I'm literally just telling you the very first match of my card. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, while we're here. <laughs> nah, that's the only thing I'm not going to change on my card. And. Uh, it, <laughs> the only reason I'm doing it is because of the whole like the last match ever of WCW was Flair versus Sting, so I wanted to do them as the first match of the return of WCW. Wasn't it Bagwell and someone in like Scotia oh, Dome? Don't you even say that counts. Of real WCW, not invasion WCW. And on that note, I think we'll leave the listeners this week. <laughs> yeah, well, while you're at it, you're just going to say that EV 2.0 was the last ECW match ever or whatever. No, isn't House of Hardcore still around? <sighs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, we've done that whole thing where we rambled way too much at the very end. Oh, we <laughs> needed it. <laughs> it's been far too yeah. long since we've been on air. Uh, where can the... Yeah. Good humans find you. Uh, human beings, humans all alike. Uh, follow me at Fruities Alex on Twitter, Instagram, and pretty much anything you can find me at Fruities Alex. How about yourself, Chris? Uh, at I am Chris Funder on Twitter. Give us a like. What was it? Not a like, a follow. <laughs> Give him a like as well. Um, and then the show is Wrestling. Ozstyle, just search Wrestling Ozstyle. The handle is at Wrestle Ozstyle. That's Wrestle Ozstyle. Um, yeah, so we'll see you in a few days, maybe a week, maybe a couple of yeah, weeks. No promises, guys. <laughs> yeah, we we might end up talking to you in January. <laughs> yeah, full full disclosure, my works crazy at the moment i'm still working five maybe six days a week and alex has just had to do a mountain of paperwork with border restriction closes yeah yeah i'm one of the lucky buggers that's stuck in the transport industry uh particularly in the office so yeah with all these borders popping up there's a lot of paperwork to be done Alrighty, we'll see you next time bye
Toodles.